Proverbs 4, and we're going to read in verse 23. Oh, they already responded. Proverbs 4, 23. It says, keep or guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Let's read that again. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it, for out of your heart springs the issues of life. Let's look over at Luke. Luke 8. Luke 8. (laughs) We've got some fired up people in here tonight. Luke 8. Luke 8, and let's start in verse 16. (laughs) It says, No one when he has lit a lamp, my, my, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed. But he sets it on the lampstand that those who enter may see the light. Verse 17, For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore, take heed how you hear. Whoever has to him more will be given, and whoever does not have even what he seems to have will be taken from him. But notice that. Take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. Amen? Now let's look back over at Proverbs again. Proverbs. And we're going to stop chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Appreciate everybody coming out tonight. We're going to have a good night. The title of my message, if you're taking notes, is, Now What? <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, Now What? Uh, this, is, this is the other title of a message. I don't know if it would be offensive to some people, but you could write this in your notes. It's, How to Recover from Camp Hangover. <laughs> How to Recover from a Camp Hangover. Because we are days out from camp. And so, as we get started tonight, there's, there's just several things that God put on my heart about. Now what? Okay, we got back from camp. We're fired up. God touched us. Now what? Because that's the question that's probably in everyone's mind this week. Coming back to reality, as it seems, it's like, now what? Now what do I do? Like, I've been in God's presence, away from my cell phone, away from TV, away from people I do not like, for a whole four or five days, and now I'm back in reality. Now what? Now what do I got to look forward to? Now what's going on? Because camp was like the best days of my life, and I just want to live at Country Lake Christian Retreat Center forever. Wouldn't that be awesome, a utopia? But you know what? God's not called us to just stay, stay to ourselves out of country. Like, he's called us to go into all the world. And you know, if we stayed at Country Lake, we would, Country Lake, <laughs> Country Lake, Country Lake, we would just be like the Mormons or whoever. You know, they have their compounds where they just stay with each other for the rest of their life, and nobody knows anything about them. And it's weird, and they're a cult. But God has not called us to just be by ourselves away in a retreat center, hidden in the in the caves with sackcloth and ashes, with no makeup on. Okay. He's called us to be in the world, but not of the world. 
And so the question is now what? After camp, now that your camp hangover is leaving you, how do you recover from that? Where do you go from here? Because I know a lot of us, this probably week, we felt like a new person. I don't know about you, but you probably felt like a new person. You don't even know all you received at camp, but you felt like a new person person you've seen more alive than you've ever seemed. You know, I was talking to Sean and Sean said, you know, everybody at key was saying, Hey, you just seem more alive to me or something. He goes, well, I am. Hello, somebody, you know, waking up at five in the morning, most people are not alive, but they were saying, Hey, you seem more alive because something happened next last week, whether you know it or not, it was supernatural. But now what, what do we do with what we received last week? Because if you don't know what, what to do with what you received, you could squander what you received last week. So we need to realize what are the steps, what are the things that we need to do, we need to guard that we won't lose what we got last week. Number one, I wrote down a couple things tonight. I just got a couple points. I'm not going to talk too long. Number one is guard your heart. Number one is guard your heart. It says in Proverbs 4.23, we read it again. It says, keep or guard your heart with all diligence For out of it flows or springs the issues of life. Out of your heart or out of your spirit, out of your inner man, flows everything in your life. And that could be a good thing or that could be a bad thing. And if you don't guard it, it's going to be a bad thing. Because you're going to let anybody and everybody put junk on the inside. And guess what? If junk's on the inside, junk's coming on the outside. And you need to guard what you got last week. You know, many things were sown into our heart, into our spirit man, our inner man last week. There were so many things that you might not even know all that you received last week. But if you don't guard it, you can lose what you received last week. Now let's look over at Luke, Luke 8. Luke 8. And most of us know this parable. We've read it before, but it says... Now the parable is this, Jesus speaking, Luke eight eleven. It says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. In verse 12, those by the wayside are the ones who, who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. Notice that. These are sown by the wayside, and the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. Don't think for a minute That just because you went to camp, the devil's not going to come and try to steal everything you received at camp. And this is what the Word of God says. It gives us uh, a little warning here that, guess what? As soon as the Word of God is sown into your heart, which the seed is God's Word, the soil is your heart. And when it's sowed on the soil of your heart, the devil's going to come immediately to try to take away that Word. Because the Word of God is what will change your life forever. So we don't need to be afraid of the devil, but we don't need to be ignorant of the devil. We don't need to be walking around scared that the devil's going to take everything away from me. But you don't need to be ignorant because things can happen. And if you don't guard your heart, guess what? Just like the birds will come and take the seed off the ground, the devil will come and try to take that away from your heart, the word of God away from your heart. But you've got to guard it. If you're just treating what happened last week and everything that God has spoken into your life and the word of God, if you're treating it lightly and flippantly, guess what? The devil's going to have free game to come get that word off your heart. But if you guard it, he cannot touch it. So we don't need to be afraid, but we don't need to be ignorant. 
And I love that. It says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it will flow the issues of life. Because if you don't guard it, anything and everything can come and mess up the soil of your heart. You know, sometimes, I know I've already uh, realized this and seen this. Even since we got back from camp, I know there's probably a lot of you can raise your hands. There's already been stuff in your life that's tried to happen since camp to come and steal the word that just happened. To try to get you off focus of the amazing things that God just did in your life. It could have been friends you went back to. It could have been family that talked down to you and said, you didn't get anything last week. I don't know why you go to that dumb church anyways. I don't know why you go to camp and act so excited. You didn't change. You're not a changed person. And they've come on purpose to steal the word of God out of your life. But if you don't guard it, you'll, you'll let the devil steal what just happened to you last week. There could be even circumstances that happened on purpose to steal your attention away from what God has done in your life. There could have been different little, little dumb things that just happened. You're saying, why is this happening to me right after camp? Guess what? The devil's coming immediately to steal the word. So you don't need to be surprised about it. You don't need to be upset about it. You need to realize what's really going on here. The devil is mad because he knows that the word of God has been sown into my heart. And if if that word gets on the inside of me, it's able to change my life. And he doesn't want to see that happen. But you know what? He cannot steal it if we guard it. You don't need to be afraid of the devil. The devil does not have authority over you unless you give him authority. So we need to guard our hearts with all diligence. Guard the seed of God's word that was planted into your life. Guard the things that God spoke to you last week. Guard them no matter what happens. Guard those things. Let's look over at 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy 6. First Timothy six, and let's read in verse twenty. First Timothy six and verse twenty, it says, "Oh Timothy, this is Paul talking to a younger man in the faith, Timothy, and he says, "Oh Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions." Of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it some have strayed concerning the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. But notice that first part of verse 20. It says, O Timothy. With an explanation point afterwards. Because he's trying to get Timothy's attention. To realize. To not be afraid of the devil. But to not be ignorant. That what Paul has imparted to Timothy. The devil is going to come to try to steal that from his heart. And notice what he tells Timothy. Guard what was committed to your trust. Guard what God himself has put on the inside of you. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. Don't let anybody talk down to you. Don't let anybody confuse you of what God has spoken into your life. You need to guard what has been committed to your trust. You know it says guard your heart because out of it flows your life. Or out of it sets the course of your life. People that don't guard their heart, their life is just going in whatever direction the enemy wants it to go in. But people that guard their hearts, they set their course, and their course is life and life abundantly. But guess what? If you don't guard your heart, the devil will set the course for you. But if we guard our heart, it sets the course of our life. I love this. It says to Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust. Guard guard the treasure that was committed to you. 
And that's the words that I want to say to you tonight. Guard the treasure that God has put in your heart last week. You know, if something's precious or something's valuable to you, you will guard it no matter what. Some of you, it's your cell phone. You, don't, you do not let it leave your side. It is with you 24-7. It is right beside your bed. It is in the bathroom with you. It is at school with you. It's everywhere you go. Why? Because you value that cell phone and you think it's precious. Some of you, it could be an iPod. Some of you, it could be a piece of jewelry. You do not let out of your sight or you, sight, or you put it in a safe at night. Why do you guard that? Because it's valuable to you. You know what? That's the same kind of value in honor we need to place on what God has put into our hearts. Because guess what? The word of God and the things that were spoken into your life last week are things that are eternal, are things of real value. Those things like an iPod and a cell phone and jewelry will perish. But the things that were placed in your heart are eternal and everlasting and can change your whole life. It's not like just a a nice ring or a piece of jewelry or a piece of bling. It's so much more valuable. How much more should we guard it and protect those things? But whatever we value or deem as precious, we will guard and protect no matter what. That's the way you've got to treat it. I love in Corinthians it says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this treasure, treasure on the inside of us. That's what Paul calls what God gives to you. It's treasure on the inside. And you know what you do to treasure? You guard treasure. This is what the message says in 1 Timothy. It says, oh my dear Timothy, guard the treasure given and the treasure you were given with all your life. Notice he says, my, t- my dear Timothy, guard the treasure given and guard it with all your life. That's what he's talking about there. That you need to guard what God has given you with all your heart, with everything, because out of it will flow the issues of life. You know, in Proverbs 4.23, we read it a second ago, it says, guard your heart with all diligence. That means that there's a tendency in all of us that after a while of guarding our heart that we're going to want to slack off or we're going to just say, you know what, that person's really not that bad. They can get into my life. You know, this, this little sin is really not that big, big a deal. You know what, did, did God really tell me that at camp or was I just hearing stuff? Was it just, you know, I was just kind of radical then. You know, probably somebody else, you know, gave me some bad pizza at, at lunch or dinner. But you need to guard it with all diligence because I tell you what, after a while, after you get a, a couple months away from camp, some of those thoughts will come and try to get you to not guard your heart anymore. And notice he says, guard it with all diligence. That means stay with it. Don't give up with all diligence. For the rest of your life, guard your heart. Because out of it flows the issues of life. And if you don't guard of it, guard it, it will not flow life out of you. It will flow death. So guard the treasure given and guard it with all of your life. Amen? Amen. Number two, let's look at Luke 8. Luke 8. Luke 8, number two. Now what? You need to use it. You need to use it. You need to use what you have received from God at camp. In Luke eight sixteen, it says, No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but he sets it on a lampstand. 
But those who enter may see the light, for nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known to come to light. Verse 18, therefore take heed how you hear, for whoever has, to more will be given. And to whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. You know, one thing that we need to realize coming out of camp is everything you received at camp, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And that's what this whole passage and parable is all about. If you don't use what God's given you and the treasure and the word of God that he's planted on the inside of you, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. You know, the examples given in the Bible, it says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And the word of God is the flame that lights that candle. And you know what? Last week at camp, your spirit got lit big time. But if we don't protect that, and we don't use that, you know what happens? That candle is going to go out. And the whole point of this parable is saying, if you don't use what God has given you, if you don't use the word of God, if you don't use the things that God spoke to you last week, you will lose those things. And not because God's trying to take away those things from you, but you will lose them if you don't use it. If you don't keep the word of God, If you don't keep those things that were given to you, you will lose those things. And by keeping the word of God, that doesn't mean I know where my notebook from camp is, or I know the scriptures they talked about at camp, and I know that Alive 2011 was the theme in Ephesians 2.1. No, if you don't actually do the word of God, you're not keeping the word of God. So you need to use what you have received. That treasure that we were just talking about, that you have received, you need to use it. Because if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And then all the camp will be all for naught because you lost everything that was given. It's awful quiet in this Methodist church tonight. But it's the truth. If you don't use it, you will lose it. And we need to realize here in Luke 8 and 18, it says, for whoever has to more will be given and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken away. That means if you use what God gives you, he's going to give you more. But if you don't use what God gives you, you're going to lose it. Why? Because why would God give you more if you don't do anything with what he said the first time? There is no reason for God to give you more and, and put more into you if you're not going to use it. But guess what? If he knows that you're going to use everything he's put into you, he's just going to keep piling on more and more and more. So we need to use what we've received. And you know what? Doing the word is not hard. It's just a choice. Doing God's word is not hard. I I know many people talk like doing the word of God. Man, it's hard. It's a burden. Don't you realize I go to high school and college? There is not a lot of people doing the word of God. Doing the word of God is not hard because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you to help you do everything that the word of God says. But it's a choice. That's the only hard part about it is you got to choose whether I want to be like every average misled person in the world or I want to actually do something for God. If I want to follow the rest of society who is dead and in sin or if I want to serve the living God and fulfill everything God has for my life. It's a choice. It's not hard. It's a choice. And you know what? When you choose to say, you know what, God? 
this is what you should say. You should get all your notebooks and Bibles and everything that God spoke to you and lay it all out and say, God, guess what? I choose to do God's word and I choose to uh, start to act and start to see and practically, God, how can I walk this out every day of my life? You need to ask God questions like that because he can help you do it. Everything I learned at camp, all the words you've given me, all the things I experienced, there's a point to it. It just didn't happen just so we could get wild for one night and forget about it. God always touches you for a purpose. And you say, God, tell me why you touched me like this. Tell me why you spoke this to me. Show me how I can walk this out because he wants to help you. That's why the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you, to help you. He's called the helper. But if you don't choose to do the word of God, he has nothing to help. So notice, if we don't use what we've been given at camp, we'll lose it. See, that's what happens. I've, I've been going to camp, I don't know how many years. It feels like 20 years. I know I'm only 24 years old, so I've been going since four years old. No, not that long. But it feels like it. And you know what? I've seen a lot more people that are, that are sitting here tonight go to camps. And I've seen them cry, and I've seen them laugh, and I've seen them get up on the stage and perform, and I've seen them do all kinds of stuff. And guess what? They're no longer here. They're no longer serving God. They're no longer going to church anymore. Why? Because they didn't use what they received. And if you don't use it, you'll lose it. And they, they're, gonna, they, they're always the ones that blame everybody else but themselves, but they were the ones that chose to not use what they received. Because they thought by me just hearing the word of God, that, uh, that equals me doing the word of God. And it doesn't. And just because you like what's being preached doesn't mean that's going to happen in your life unless you say, God, I'm going to choose to be in on this. And I want, I want you to use me. And I, wanna, I want you to help me do this and walk this out every day of my life. You guys here tonight? You know what? I... I, I I get so tired when people say that because it really gets on my last nerve when they're like, all the youth always come back. They always get fired up for a couple months and then they lose it every year. I don't know about you, but that gets on my nerves. I don't want to be like that. And I tell you what, this past year really hasn't been like this because we've had an awesome group and you guys have been on fire and you guys have been ready. But, you know, we don't need to get cocky and arrogant about it because it can happen to any of us. And we need to realize we don't want to be those people who get fired up for a couple months and then lose it and then they have to have severe deliverance by a winter retreat. And, then, and guess what? And then a couple weeks later, after they're done fired up, they're depressed. They're out at the clubs. They're sleeping around. And then at summer camp, they need to get delivered again. And it's just an ongoing cycle. We need to get past that stage because that's baby stage. That's baby stuff. We need to realize we can start from this camp and just keep building and building and building. And not going, building up and then going back down. Building up and then going back down. And that's what that I've seen it happen for years. Why? Because they, they have chosen to not use the word of God. They've chosen to just be a hearer, not a doer. Number three. I'm going to get off that. I get a little fired up. <laughs> we got to give it away. 
imagine the state of our youth and young adults group if we just keep building. Instead of building for a couple months and then us all backsliding together and then building for a couple months. Number three, give it away. Now what? First of all, you got to guard what you've been given, that treasure that you received last week. Number two, you got to use it. But number three, what you've been using, what you've been guarding, you need to give away. You know, in the word of God, in the gospels, it says too much is given, much is required. Are you hearing me tonight? It says too much is given, much is required. And you know what? You don't go to like an average church to a play with the church. You go to a church that, that preaches some strong things. And I've been around and I went to a Christian school and there was over 70 churches represented there. And I went to a lot of those churches. And you know what? You're just not hearing the same thing that most churches are hearing. I mean, they're still up there using puppets and, you know, they got flannel graphs and they just, they're back in the eighties over here and their messages are weak and dry and there's no spirit of God there. And guess what? We just don't get that same kind of word. And no, that's, that's not something to be prideful about, but you got to realize too much is given, much is required. God's going to require a lot more out of us because we've experienced a lot. Because we've heard a lot of word. Because we've heard a lot of things that maybe some other uh, Christians have not heard. So he's going to require more out of us. You know, you being touched the way you were at camp and the, the level of the anointing at camp and the presence of God there. We've received much, then there's much required of us. You know, you need to realize God always touches you, not just for you, but for you to touch others. God always blesses you, not for just you. He loves you. Don't get me wrong. He loves you and he wants to bless you, but he never blesses you just for you. He blesses you so you can be a blessing to others. You know, in uh, Genesis, when God talked to Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. And God always blesses you, not just financially, but other ways. Why? So you can impart that blessing to other people. And this is a thing that my, many believers leave out. They got the guard part right. They got the, yeah, I'm using the word of God, but they don't got the give it away part. And notice when God touches you, he touches you so you can touch others. You know, those of us who receive deliverance at camp... That deliverance wasn't just for us. That deliverance was so we could deliver other people. Some of you who got healed at camp, that healing was not just for you. It was so you could take that healing to other people outside of the four walls of the church. Some of you that that got overcome with the joy of the Lord and laughter, that laughter and joy wasn't just for you. It was for all those around you who are living in depression and suicidal every day of their lives. So it wasn't just so you could have just a crazy fun time in God's presence. That was awesome. But it's not just for you then. It's so you can take that and give it away. And that's one thing that we miss out a lot of times. Is we'll guard it, we'll use it, but then we forget 
the whole purpose that all that has come and happened to us, that God has touched us, that deliverance has happened, is so we could in turn go and share that with others. God always blesses you so you can be a blessing. You know, he has set, like it says in Luke 8, it says that the uh, candle, which is your spirit, has come, come lit. It's, it's come alive. It's come on. And it's shining. And it says, you don't put a lampstand under a bed. You put it out in the open. Why? Because that lampstand is not just for you. It's for everybody else so they can see. So we don't need to use what we got and be a light, but we're under the bed. We're in a bushel. Hello, somebody. Come on, that old, old song. We don't need to hide that light. We need to realize that light is there for a purpose, and it's so we th- that we can shine for others. So others will come to that light and see the same thing that we've seen. That they could come alive like we've come alive. So it's not just for us. Let's look over at Proverbs 11. So we see here we need to guard what we've been given. We need to use what we've been given at camp. And then we need to give away what we've received. Now what? Now what are you going to do after camp? These are three things that I feel that that God has divinely placed on my heart for all of us in this group. With what we need to do with what we've been given. Because a lot of us, I don't know about you, but I've been there. After camp, you're like, now what? I don't know what to do. I'm back in the real world. This is what we need to do. We need to guard it, we need to use it, and we need to give it away. Proverbs eleven twenty four. 24. It says, There is one who scatters and yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. But notice verse 25. The generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters will also himself be watered. Notice that it's not just talking about finances there. It's talking about anything you give away. If you give away joy, if you give away peace, if you give away love, if you give, if you give away that deliverance to somebody else, that healing to somebody else, what you've received. Notice it says, the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also himself be watered. Whatever you give away, don't worry, it's coming right back at you. There's another thing we missed out. If, if we just get stingy with what we received and just keep it to ourselves, eventually we're going to dry up. But when we start giving it away, guess what? More starts coming back to us. The more we give, the more we receive. I love that. In verse 24 it says, there's one who scatters or there's one who gives, and yet he increases more. You know, the world cannot understand that. They think if you give away more, you're not going to have more. But God's system is the more you give, the more you're going to get back in return. The more you're going to increase. Not just money, everything. The more you give out what you received at camp to other people in your lives, your friends, your family, your schools, the lost, the broken, the hurting, the more you give, guess what? The more you're going to be watered yourself. The more you're going to increase. Let me read it from the message here real quick. Let me get it out of here. Proverbs eleven twenty four. I'm going to read this from the message. Proverbs eleven twenty four. I love this. It says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. 
Check this out. Verse 25, it says, The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Not the one who just keeps everything for themselves. It says, man, I had an awesome time at camp. I laughed. I was drunk in the Holy Ghost, and I had a hangover for three days. But you keep it to yourself. God blesses you so you can be a blessing. And notice, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Notice this, those who help others are they themselves helped. Amen? Amen. 